0: Hello. Welcome, everyone, to the Mystic Show. I'm Chris Curran. I'm your host. And I'm happy you're able to join me. This is the show where we talk about spirituality and mindfulness and, well, a lot of things unseen and otherworldly. You know, the most important things in life are not able to be seen by your eyes, right? Love, satisfaction, feelings. So, the purpose of this show is for you and I to be inspired to progress spiritually, to aspire to become more divinized beings. And if you practice what we talk about on this show, it'll make a big difference in your life for sure. So, we release episodes every Friday morning. And you can hear the show as a podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. And on our website, themysticshow.net. And when you go to the website, you can sign up for our behind-the-scenes emails, which I send out one per week. It's just little behind-the-scenes details of things you don't hear on the actual show. And you sign up for our email list, and uh, you'll also get this really cool audio project I made. You get it for free. It's called Relax with Rumi. I took uh, Rumi quotes. He was a 14th century Persian poet and writer, and I selected quotes and I read them over relaxing music, and it came out really well. So if you want to sign up for that, go to themysticshow.net and sign up for the -the behind-the-scenes emails. And a quick shout out to our sponsor, Pause Your Life. This whole episode is going to be about Pause Your Life, actually. The plan is, we are going to talk about the Pause Your Life 2015 Spring Retreat, which we just had this past weekend. And let me tell you, wow, what a wonderful weekend, Uh, a long weekend. We actually started the retreat on Friday afternoon, around 2 p.m., and we finished up right around noon on Sunday. So, two nights, basically two days, whatever, two and a half days, I don't know. (laughs) But uh, it it went really well, and I'm going to just tell you a little bit about the facility and... Well, I'm going to mention about the facility, which was called LifeBridge Sanctuary. It's in uh, New York State, Rosendale, New York. It's a wonderful retreat facility, and it's made possible by their uh, their foundation, which is really it's 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 right in line with the whole pause your life mission or philosophy, if you will. And, uh, of course, the participants we had were amazing, wonderful people. Um, You know, anyone who takes basically three days out of their life and says, you know what, I'm going to dedicate this to myself. You know, the self with the capital S. Um, That means a lot, right? So many of us are bogged down with day-to-day life And, you know, most everyone says, oh, I don't have time to do that. I could never do that. It's a funny thing when you actually make the decision and you put it in your calendar and you pay for it. It happens. (laughs) So I'm also going to read some of the, the materials that we handed out on the retreat. So if you don't know, my wife and I facilitate the Pause Your Life retreats. And the meetups. We have a meetup group in Northern Jersey. We're going to have more soon. And this was our second annual retreat. And we hope to do more. More than just one per year, for sure. Um, The theme for this retreat... Well, before I tell you the theme, I just want to encourage you. Um, I just talked about making time for yourself. I would encourage you, definitely once a year, do something where you're just spending time on yourself. And I don't mean like a regular vacation. I mean like time when you can really contemplate. Maybe it is a formal retreat or maybe it's just, um, you know, time to read and hang out on the beach and sleep. I don't know. Um... But obviously, you shouldn't party and all that kind of thing. Um, it needs to be. It's very helpful when you're purposefully focusing on yourself and your your um, your inner self, right? Because that's the that's the one who gets ignored all the time. So the theme for this year's retreat was be still. Um, stillness is very important when it comes to yourself, your in your inner self, and spirituality, right? Whatever you may practice. And there's a few quotes here that I wanted to read you real quick. Be still. The crown of life is silentness. Give thou a quiet hour to each long day. Too much of time we spend in profitless and foolish talk. Too little do we say. If thou wouldst gather words that shall avail, Learning a wisdom worthy to express, Leave for a while thy chat and empty tale. Study the golden speech of silentness. That was from A.L. Salmon. And here's one from the Bhagavad Gita, ready for this quote. Compose yourself in stillness, draw your attention inward, and devote your mind to the self. The wisdom you seek lies within. That's from the Bhagavad Gita. And here's the third quote I I will read and the final quote. Be still, my soul. Rest a while from the feverish activities in which you lose yourself. Be not afraid to be left alone with yourself for one short hour. That was by Ernest Crossley. So those are a few quotes. Um, We did a little neat little trick. Well, not a trick, but we did a neat little thing with some quotes on the retreat. I'm not going to tell you what that is. Um, But I will say, when everybody arrived on Friday, um, one of the first things we had participants do was to enter into the decompression chamber. (laughs) It's a room, special room we set up at the retreat center. And, you know, one of the main staples in pause your life or one of the main activities we do at the beginning of every meeting or retreat is we let go of all the baggage we're carrying with us, all the worry and stress. We consciously drop it. And on a regular, at a regular meetup, we do this thing called the universe box. When we hand all our worry and stress and all our, Negativity and all the chips on our shoulder, we hand them all over to the universe to take care of, which is great because it makes you feel lighter. Uh, For this retreat, what we did is one of the first things we wanted participants to do was go spend an hour in the decompression chamber, just sitting there, meditating, not doing anything, just decompressing, you know, unwinding. You know, everybody you know some people worked for half of a day then got in their car and drove for 2 hours and then by the time they got to the retreat center they were you know their mind was moving pretty quickly right and there's a lot of thoughts on their mind so we definitely wanted to have them just sit by themselves um for a, for an hour or a half an hour some folks couldn't do more than a half an hour which is which is okay but the decompression chamber was was an important part of it and then we had our official welcome and we gave everyone uh a box filled with some goodies and we call it the wisdom box because it's the place where the participants can sort of collect all the meaningful things from the retreat and keep them in one box so when they take it home and a year or two from now or two months from now, they can open it up and remember the retreat and read the materials and, you know, get back into that vibe. So the wisdom box works really well. And then we had this activity called the walk and talk, which I had done once before at a different seminar with the uh, Sahaj Marg meditation group that I'm a part of. The, the worldwide organization that I practice, um, it, it was a walk and talk. So we had participants pair up and they would take a walk and they would answer a question. Do I have it right here? So if you think of two people who are paired up, let's call one person person A and person B. So person A First of all, they would pair up and then start walking outdoors, outside. Person A would talk for about 10 to 20 minutes, and person B would literally just listen. They would not interrupt, they would not ask questions, they would not be thinking in their head, what can I ask next, and all this stuff. No, person B just listens for 10 or 20 minutes and the thing that person a was going to talk about was something a little corny thing i made up but it's just the place to start really um the person a would talk about uh the state of their life address basically covering all the areas of their life and any thoughts they had about it um so just get person a to talk and Again, this is part of the whole venting of dropping all your baggage is just to to vent, right? While someone is actively listening. Which we all know it's different if you're venting by yourself than if you're venting when someone's actively listening. So after 10 or 20 minutes of person A talking and B listening, they would switch. Now person B is going to talk for 10 or 20 minutes and give the state of their life address. And person A is going to be the one listening for 10 or 20 minutes. And then after they're done with that one, they leave a one or two minutes gap of silence. And then they can just start talking a regular conversation, right? And keep in mind, they're walking through nature. There's these beautiful trails at LifeBridge Sanctuary. Um, it was really nice. So that was the walk and talk. We had everybody pair up and do that. It's a really good, good exercise. Then, when everyone came back just before dinner, we did the universe box exercise. So, which is what I mentioned earlier that we do at meetup groups when everyone writes down all their worry, anything that's worrying them, anything that's stressing them, anything that's annoying them, any chips on their shoulder, and they write it on a piece of paper. And then they fold up the paper and they put it in the universe box. And they hand it over to the universe to take care of. Boom. So then we had some dinner. And then we really quickly watched this uh, DVD. Very short. It's actually, basically it's a YouTube clip that I put on a DVD. It's called Powers of Ten. And you may have seen it. It starts with this man and this woman on a picnic blanket and then it zooms out by powers of 10 so it goes up away from the earth and it goes away from the sun and the solar system and you end up you know several (laughs) several galaxies away and then you see all the galaxies and and what it really does is it gives a lot of perspective right of how small the earth is and how and how uh, how big the universe is then it zooms back in and then it doesn't stop with with the man and the woman on the picnic blanket it actually zooms in on the man's hand and goes and then it goes by powers of 10 zooming in so it goes into his hand inside a through his skin into a little blood capillary into the molecule into the atom into the nucleus of the atom into the quarks or whatever And again, showing you the the range of of perspective, right? So that was the whole point of that too, is for us to just gain perspective. So then we went to bed and then we woke up and we did a 6 a.m. meditation. And oh, by the way, I forgot to mention. Before the participants went into the decompression chamber, we had them fill out a pre-retreat questionnaire and we had a lot of just different questions again more just to for them to write things down and get things out right so but it's a very good questionnaire you know um list the things and people that you feel you need a break from hmm Do you have a list of that? (laughs) Do you need people you need a break from? Um, Which aspects of your character would you like to develop and enhance? Uh, List the activities you currently do to create peace, quiet, and or relaxation for yourself. Um, Are you willing to totally let go of the past? Are you willing to totally forgive everyone from your past? Are you willing to totally forgive yourself? When was the last time you took time off for yourself? How comfortable are you being silent? Do you always have an agenda or a to do list? How well do you handle uncertainty? When things don't go your way, how do you typically react? How often do you take things personally? Um, is there any person, situation, or event that especially especially bothered you recently? What are you searching for? That's, that's a deep one. Wow. What are you searching for? Why did you decide to come on this retreat? And then what is your current state emotionally and physically? So that was... Uh, that was good. So anyway, that was the first day pretty much when they first arrived before they went into the decompression chamber. So we went to sleep. We had a 6 a.m. meditation on Saturday morning. And then then we had like, actually, it was between 7 and 11 a.m. was basically free time. But we handed out these scrolls right after the meditation, so right around 7 a.m. And the scroll had a reading on it. And it was meant to be read, and then every participant was encouraged to take a silent stroll outside in nature and contemplate that reading. So, I have the reading right here, and I'm going to read it now. It's, it's one page, so it's not that long. But this, this is from, uh, and you're really going to enjoy this, actually. And by the way, this whole episode if you want to take notes, you might want to rewind and you know, cuz you can write down everything I'm saying if you or you can write down whatever I'm saying, whatever you want to write down. So this little excerpt is from the book By Ways of Blessedness by James Allen. You know this is one of my favorites and I'm happy to announce actually, I almost forgot that pause your life is publishing a version, well, not a version, is publishing Pause Your L- uh, oh my goodness, Pause Your Life is publishing Byways of Blessedness. It's done. It's been approved. Hopefully it'll show up in Amazon and barnesandnoble.com and all those websites within a couple weeks. I've ordered a few advanced copies. Um, once we have some copies, we'll put it on the website too on the pauseyourlife.org and also the mysticshow.net. And you'll be able to get a copy of Byways of Blessedness by James Allen, originally published in 1904, just one of the greatest, just probably the greatest book I've ever read. Or one of them, of course. Nothing really stands on its own, right, in this world. Everything's connected to something else. So this reading is from Byways of Blessedness, and it's, from uh, excerpts from chapter 11, which is titled, Solitude. Man's essential being is inward, invisible, spiritual, and as such it derives its life, strength, from within, not from without. Outward things are channels through which its energies are expended, but for renewal it must fall back on the inward silence. In far as man strives to drown this silence in the noisy pleasures of the senses and endeavors to live in the conflicts of outward things, just so much does he reap the experiences of pain and sorrow, which, becoming at last intolerable, drive him back to the feet of inward comforter, to the shrine of the peaceful solitude within. As the body cannot thrive on empty husks, neither can the spirit be sustained on empty pleasures. If not regularly fed, the body loses its vitality, and, pained with hunger and thirst, "'cries out for food and drink. "'It is the same with the spirit. "'It must be regularly nourished in solitude "'on pure and holy thoughts, "'or it will lose its freshness and strength "'and will at last cry out "'in its painful and utter starvation. "'The yearning of an anguish-stricken soul "'for light and consolation,' is the cry of a spirit that is perishing of hunger and thirst. All pain and sorrow is spiritual starvation, and aspiration is the cry for food. In solitude a man gathers strength to meet the difficulties and temptations of life, knowledge to understand and conquer them, and wisdom to transcend them. As a building is preserved and sustained by virtue of the foundation which is hidden and unobserved, so a man is maintained perpetually in strength and peace by virtue of his lonely hour of intense thought which no eye beholds. While a man is absorbed in the contemplation of inward realities, he is receiving knowledge and power. He opens himself, like a flower, to the universal light of truth and receives and drinks in its life-imparting rays. He also goes to the eternal foundation of knowledge and quenches his thirst in its inspiring waters. Solitude is for the strong, or for those who are ready to become strong. When a man is becoming great, he becomes solitary. He goes in solitude to seek, and that which he seeks, he finds. For there is a way to all knowledge." All wisdom, all truth, all power. And the way is forever open, but it lies through soundless solitudes and the unexplored silences of man's being. So we will just take a quick break to ponder that. Alright, welcome back to The Mystic Show. Um, if you'd like to, by the way, if you'd like to consider supporting The Mystic Show, there's a few ways you can do it. You can share each episode on your social media, like Facebook and Twitter and anything else. You can give, the sh- give our show a rating and a review in iTunes or Stitcher. And you can also contribute a dollar or two or three per episode to help us continue to produce the show. And we have a cool page on this site called Patreon that gives actually little rewards for each contribution level. And you can get to that page from the Mystic Show website, themysticshow.net. And there's a little video on the Patreon page, which is me explaining how, you know, a little bit about the show and how Patreon works. But I really, I think I need to, redo that video because it's sort of like a little bit long well I think it's six or seven minutes but it's kind of artistic and it's I did it in a park with this wireless microphone and I start from very far away and I slowly walk toward the camera I mean I thought it was pretty cool but um, maybe it's too slow I don't know (laughs) but I think even the intro to this show might be too slow for people. I don't know. I guess, I don't know. Maybe it's okay to encourage people to slow down. (laughs) Um, Anyhow, you can get that from the website. So this reading we just did about solitude from James Allen, this was awesome. I mean, imagine reading that slowly, maybe reading it twice, and then going for a little silent stroll through nature. It was great. Um, he mentions aspiration. He says all pain and sorrow is spiritual starvation, and aspiration is the cry for food. And it reminds me of, um, it reminds me of the difference between aspiration and ambition. You know, ambition is to accumulate or amass or achieve, right? Whereas aspiration is more, well, aspiration is to become. So you can aspire to be very good or to be great at what you do for a living, let's say. So that's an aspiration. To be really good at what you do is an aspiration. The ambition would be, oh, I want to earn a million dollars, and obviously, fo- focusing on yourself and being good and skillful, that's what paves the way for the, the real success. You know, I'm sure you've you've met people who, they really want to be successful and they want to earn a lot of money, but they don't really work on themselves. They don't have much. They're not enhancing their skills. They're not improving themselves. And how can you really achieve much in the world if you're not always improving yourself? you know we finish school after high school or college and ev- and most people think they're done learning but that is that is just not the case and and he also mentions this you know talking about solitude is being you know well let me let me start with the last paragraph solitude is for the strong or for those who are ready to become strong. When a man is becoming great, he becomes solitary. He goes in solitude to seek, and that which he seeks, he finds. So this, you know, this is why daily meditation is so powerful. It's such a powerful phenomenon. You know, I think we are all looking for shortcuts to our goals and to achieve a great life. You know, daily meditation will do you more good than anything else because it's completely broadening your awareness and giving you wisdom. So then after you meditate and you go out to, to live your life that day, you have more wisdom, which means every area of your life is going to be better <laughs> because you have more wisdom. And he says, the way is forever open, but it lies through soundless solitudes and the unexplored silences of man's being. I mean, have you ever thought of, of exploring the silence of your being? I mean, that's one way to look at meditation. But even if you don't meditate right now, or if you just meditate for a few minutes here or there, Maybe you can think about that, right? When you sit down to meditate, look inside and think, what's this silence in depth? What is it? Where is it? And then just relax, obviously. You don't want to be thinking when you're meditating, but you can start with a, th- with a thought. So that was the Saturday morning silent stroll, which was really good. And, and people had a lot of free time too. And I And I have to say, the participants had some free time hearing that here and there. And it was really nice to see that they sort of naturally gravitated to some of the fun things they usually don't have time for. I mean, these, most of these people, most of the participants have families and life is busy. You never get time to rest or even take a nap. I mean, there was people, you know, taking photography Playing piano, you know, writing, reading. I mean, when's the last time you had a good two hours to sit and just relax and read without any pressure? <laughs> and I'm not talking about right before you go to bed when you're really tired, where you read for five minutes and then you're too tired so you just go to sleep. <laughs> I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about in the morning or the midday when, you're, when you have energy to sit down and read so it was great. It almost felt like all the participants were, I don't want to say being childlike, but, but well, maybe I do want to say that. Being childlike, having a little fun, just, you know, not being under the pressure of family and society and all that is is liberating. So then we had a group discussion. We had more personal time. And then in the afternoon on Saturday, we watched an Eckhart Tolle DVD. Which was from uh, I believe the Findhorn retreat that he did in 2005. So that was about an hour and a half DVD, really very good and deep. And you know Eckhart Tolle has a way of saying things that really, really nice. And then we had dinner, and then we we were around the fire pit. We made a fire right around 9 p.m. when it got dark, and it's funny my wife had in mind that we would, you know, have like a, you know, like a deep conversation, like a like a group discussion around the fire, but it it ended up being like a social uh event which was actually really good because you, you know, if you're really talking about deep subjects and 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 this kind of thing all day long, it's like the end of the day, you're around a fire, you're relaxing and you're talking to your new friends. So it was good that it was just very informal and relaxed and, you know, people just chatting like normal. Because don't forget, everything needs to happen in balance, right? You can't be serious all the time. But one thing I will say is that in the free time and during the day, here and there between activities, like participants were just naturally getting. You know, having discussions about the material, like just normal, informal discussions between two people or three people. And that's really valuable, right? I mean, when's the last time you, you you at work, you stood around for 45 minutes talking with people about solitude and about meditation and all these things? I mean, never. I can answer for you. Never. So that's the beauty of this retreat. So then after the fire on Saturday night, the fire pit, then we went to sleep, and Sunday morning we meditated at 6 a.m. again, and then, then the participants were given another short reading, and they went on another silent stroll through nature. So they had between 7 and 10 was like free time, and... We gave him a short reading, and this is the reading. I'm going to read it right now. This is even shorter than the other one. But this is from our other favorite book called 365 Tao, and this is from page 87. It's called Integration. Be still to know the absolute. Be active to know the outer. The two spring from the same source. All of life is one whole. In stillness, one seeks the absolute Tao. There is neither beauty nor ugliness in it. Because it has no opposites, it is called absolute. By contrast, nothing of this world is absolute because all things that we experience are relative. Seeking the absolute may be among the greatest goals, but you cannot remain on your meditation cushion forever. You must go out and explore life as well. This is the investigation of the outer Tao, that aspect of Tao that flows through all existence. You must not fail to explore anything that interests you. Any skill you want to master should be learned. Any subject that arouses curiosity should be examined. Every insecurity should be overcome. Every question should be answered. If you do not do this, then you cannot freely flow with the outer Tao. Every one of your uncertainties will be an obstacle. Initially, it will seem as if there is no connection between your time meditating and the outer things in your life. After all, the masters themselves constantly stress the difference between the spiritual and the social. But eventually, you will reach a point where the quiescence of contemplation and the activeness of living are integrated. Then there is no anxiety about whether one is living a spiritual life or not. You realize that it is all part of the same seamless whole. Yeah, so that's called integration from 365 DAO. And, you know, in the beginning, when I started meditating regularly as part of my spiritual practice, um, you know, I, I also felt that, you know, when I'm meditating, I'm being spiritual. And maybe when I'm, out with, when I'm out with my friends joking around, that's not spiritual. Or maybe when I'm working all day or driving down the road and someone annoys me, that's not spiritual. But as my practice went along, and it took years, pretty much, well, definitely years, um, then it started to bleed together. Like, it, you know, okay, when we're meditating, we're meditating, but when I'm in the car, below the surface, in a way, you're still meditating. I mean, you're not really meditating, but you can sort of be in a spiritual state below the surface, even if you're not conscious of it. So then I stopped worrying, okay, am I being spiritual right now or not? (laughs) You know, or what, what's the spiritual thing to do right now? I stopped worrying about that. And what happens is your life, all of your life becomes the same where it's, it's all like, like the reading says, you know, um, you realize that it is all part of the same seamless whole. And, you know, now when I'm on the path, I I learn to remain neutral about other people's practices. You know, whatever other people are doing for their spiritual practice, I'm totally open to it, and I I accept it, and I'm neutral, and it's, you know, whatever your path is, your path is. Um, But I will again, be honest and say that in the beginning, you know, I did, I guess you could say I compared my practice to, let's say, the religion I came from, right? Because I was born Catholic or raised Catholic. And so I went to church and I did all that. But when I started my meditation practice, I really understood, you know, initially I understood the idea of you know, actively meditating and improving yourself and regulating your mind and, you know, looking inside. And then I looked at religion. Well, let's just say some of the people from the religion I came from, and they weren't doing that at all. But over time, again, I realized that, hey, whatever they're doing, they're on their own path. And it's actually good. (laughs) Whatever they're doing is good, which is... You know your mind's not going to agree with that in a lot of cases you know if people are out there committing crimes and doing bad things it's hard to say that that's good but in a way it it just is if it wasn't supposed to happen or if it didn't need to happen i should say god would not let it happen <laughs> but there's a need for it to happen so that's where we have to think deeper So, and even on the pause your life retreat, you know, there was one participant who wasn't sure if her religious beliefs would be accepted or would fit in. And, and, um, so I was happy that it, it ended up being discussed. And of course, pause your life accepts everything. It doesn't matter what religion you're in. It it really doesn't matter what your practice is, um, I mean, there are differences, don't get me wrong, but in the end, it comes down to you in your heart. Are you trying to progress spiritually? Are you willing to change? Are you willing to put in the time to meditate and all these things? And what, what's your attitude as well? You know, is your attitude that, well, I'm never going to achieve anything anyway, so who cares? Or is your attitude, hey, I can become divinized in this lifetime? I know I can. I'm going to do it. So that was the reading for The Silent Stroll on Sunday morning. And then, then we had exit interviews, which is basically like at all 10 participants separately met with me one-on-one. And we just talked about how was the retreat, what came up for you. I mean, it they ranged from five minutes long to 15 minutes long. wasn't wasn't too long, but is just good for me and my wife to understand like what what people are liking and and I mean everybody loved it I mean the vibe and the atmosphere of of the facility and the vibe and the atmosphere of pause your life the way we do things it's it it's just giving people that space to to grow to grow in their own way at their own pace um it's really a beautiful thing so so that was the Pause Your Life 2015 Spring Retreat. Um, we're definitely going to be doing more retreats, and you know what? If if some of this stuff sounded good to you, then keep checking the Pause Your Life website, um, and when we post the next retreat, jump on board. So I hope—I um, mean, it was good to share with you what we did on the retreat— but it was also nice to read these couple readings Um, again the theme of the retreat was be still so maybe you can hear those couple readings again and maybe bring some stillness into your life and maybe seek some solitude in your everyday life maybe this weekend or something so so I hope as you move through your weekend and next week, you keep these things in mind and maybe write in your journal and maybe talk to some other people about these concepts and these spiritual ideas. So it'll only help you. So thanks for listening. And as always, keep shining.